Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. And, and that, that song, like all great poetry, has so many layers and levels on which you can understand it. I invite you to listen to it again and again and really take it into a place of meditation to discover for yourself where is your freedom. I think that we can be tethered to many things in our lives. We can be tethered to our thoughts and our feelings. We can also be tethered to our circumstances and ways that we want to feel. We can be tethered to our stories and our beliefs. But none of those are who we are. We are a great consciousness. We are love. And there is where we want to tether ourselves to love. Nothing else. I had a really powerful experience last week. I had the opportunity to go over to Megan Hardy's ranch. You know Megan from when she was the platform host when we were live, and she does equine-guided coaching. So I went because at one point in December, I sat down and I made a list of all that I do as a minister at Unity. And I came up with three pages, single-spaced, of duties that I have. Maybe I forgot some, but that was a lot. And it was sobering because when I looked at that, I realized that this is more than is humanly possible to do. I knew before I made the list that I was working too hard, but I didn't know how to get free from that because everything was important. So thankfully, when I sent that list to the board, they got very serious about it. And we are in the process of finding a way for me to have some real help um, with all these responsibilities. But as I looked at that, then I started asking myself, well, out of all these things, what is mine to do? If I can't do it all, What is it I want to do? And so when I went to Megan's Ranch, I came with that question in mind. I was looking for some guidance. And the way that her coaching system works is you you come with a question and you end up going into a corral with one of the horses who self-selects out of her herd of five to be your coach. So... Before going into the corral, she has you read several statements about leadership, or at least she did with me. I'm, I'm not sure if she does the same thing with each person, but my question was about leadership. And so to notice how true they were for me. And one of the statements had to do with, I am free. And I was so surprised because I realized that was the one with the biggest glitch. And yet, if you had asked me before I went there, are you free? I would say, of course I'm free. 
it, I didn't realize until that moment that I did not feel free. And I, and I was a little confused about that as I went into the corral. And so I was, I was looking for guidance about, well, how am I not free and how do I get free? And so, interestingly, the horse that came into the corral, Solita, was the only one of the five who had been a wild horse. And in one of the culling that they do on land management, she was captured and somehow ended up at the Hardy's ranch. So she was the one who had known a different kind of freedom than the freedom that she enjoys on the Hardy's ranch. And so we went through the whole process. And in the process, what I discovered that shocked me was that I don't feel free to let go of my responsibilities because I'm identified with them. That's where I find my worth. And there's a story for me attached to that from when I was a toddler. And my first brother, I'm the oldest of eight, and my first brother came along when I was 16 months old. And I have a a memory that comes from hypnotherapy of my mother saying to me, you can be the big girl now and help me take care of the baby. Now, as a mom myself, I know that the intention behind that was to help me feel included and help me deal with my feelings about who's this one, you know, that's come along. But, but the effect it had for me in my psyche was your baby days are over. Buck up and be a big girl now and start taking on responsibilities. And as the kids continued to come over the years, so did the responsibilities. Now, it's funny. My mother is in a place right now where we're looking to put her in assisted living. And um, my husband was saying to me last night, well, I've heard the stories about how hard she worked all of you. And the truth is that we did have a lot of responsibility. But what I learned from that about community, starting in the community of my family, was that you create a community through contribution. It's really important. And so I don't, I don't begrudge my mother teaching me that. I realize that it's important to make contributions. And you don't define yourself by the contributions is what I realized from Solita. We are more than what we do. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but if you're caught in that cycle, you don't realize that you're caught. You're a bird in a cage, and you don't realize that you can actually get out of that cage. You don't realize that the cage itself is an illusion. I also realized in working with Solita that I don't allow myself to just lean into somebody and be held. 
And it's not that I don't have anybody who would hold me. It's that I have this idea inside that I need to be strong. And that's not true. I've got myself tethered to the wrong thoughts. And I need to let go of those thoughts and re-tether to love and to allow, allow love to flow for me and from me and just be me. Now, that's my story of being tethered. But I know that every one of us has our own stories. And I invite you to be curious about what that might be for you. Where, where is our dignity attached to a way of being in the world? Where is our worth attached? My grandson and I watched a movie the other night, which I'm sure some of you have seen because it's not a new movie. It's called Inside Out. And he was very eager for me to watch this movie with him. It's all about our emotions. And in the movie, if you haven't seen it, each of the emotions, joy and sadness, uh, fear, anger, and disgust are characters. And they're all up in the control tower. And they are helping the character, the young girl, Riley, to navigate her life. And Joy, who is the first one that shows up when the baby is born, is the lead character, and she's very attached. She has the belief that the little girl has to feel joy all the time, and the others are secondary characters who, honestly, she wishes weren't there, because she believes that joy is the right thing to be feeling. Now, joy is a wonderful thing to feel. Nobody's going to argue with that. And yet, to tell ourselves that that's the only correct feeling is a mistake. And in the movie, there is a turning point when she sees the importance of sadness. That it is our ability to feel sadness that gives us the capacity for empathy that allows us to open our hearts and allow other people in. There are points in the movie when disgust and anger show up and they, they provide a pivotal role. And we wouldn't think that those are, quote, good things. But when we are attached to we have to feel a certain way, we are not free. What is it for you? Where are you tethered that is inhibiting you from showing up in the fullness of who you are? There was a a woman that I worked with in hypnotherapy recently who was dealing with some issue. And, and as we went deeper into it, she said, I feel like I'm stuck in slime. And 
Not surprisingly, that was not a pleasant experience. She didn't want to be stuck in slime. But the rule is you don't run the other way from wherever you are, whatever circumstances you find yourself in. Sink into it. The way out is through. If you argue with it, you're going to just spend your time arguing. And so as she sunk into the slime and she went deeper into it, she discovered that it was more comfortable deeper down. And she discovered that there actually was a bottom to it. There was a cement floor where all the slime was. Now, obviously, we're talking metaphor here, but I asked her, well, is the is the cement solid? Is there any crack? And she was able to make a crack in the cement, which gave her more freedom and, and also a sense of power. She said, I feel like Shira. <laughs> so with the with the air that was coming in through the crack, it turned out it was fiery air, like lava, that was seeping through, and it warmed the slime, and it, it allowed her to swim with ease through the slime, and as, as she's swimming through it and feeling much more free, despite this slime, which was the current cage, she was able to come to the surface and realize, oh, I don't have to stay there. I can be up above. And she just moved out of the slime. But the, she could not have done that when she went from her circumstance that she was dealing with and realized she felt trapped. She couldn't just say, well, I won't be trapped. She had to go into it. And one of the places in, in the book, The Untethered Soul, one of the points that Michael Singer makes is that we are so afraid of feeling pain that we close ourselves off so that we will not have to feel it. But pain shows us where our edges are. And if we are willing to feel that pain and be present with it, it opens the door that lets us free. Pain is not a bad thing. If I had been unwilling to feel the pain of acknowledging that I was not free, if I had just denied that and armored up, I wouldn't have had the breakthrough. I wouldn't have been able to recognize that I just need to lean in to others. Ironically, on the way home, well, maybe not ironically, maybe that's just how it works, I was given an opportunity to lean in because, first of all, you should know that when I'm driving and there are curvy roads or downhill slopes or, God forbid, weather, I'm I'm not a confident driver. And <clears throat> I'm the little old lady you really don't want to get behind because I go slowly because I'm so nervous about it. And so on the way from my house to sisters where the Hardys live, I had plenty of occasion to be all nervous and uptight because there's these curves and and you know, I'm telling myself stories about, oh, I'm getting too old. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to need to stop driving, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just all this stupid stuff I'm telling myself. So on the way home, 
what I discovered was my contact had fallen out. I have one contact that gives me distance vision that normally I don't have without the contact. And so here I am on the way home and looking ahead, I can't see the road in good detail. And that made me really scared. And so I thought to myself, well, I guess I'm going to have to turn this over to the angels because I can't see and I don't have another contact. So that's what I did. I turned it over to the angels and I got home just fine. And not only did I get home just fine, but I noticed that I wasn't scared. Excuse me. I I was much less nervous when somebody else was in control instead of me. And yet, normally, I'm feeling like I need to be in control. And I don't think I'm alone with that. Where are the places for you that you feel like you need to be in control? You can do it best. What if that's not true? What if that's a falsehood that you're tethered to? What if we just let go of how it's supposed to be? What if something would flow through us? What if we would find the support that we need? What if we could be truly free? So this week, I invite you to play with that. Explore where could you be free? What are you tethered to? And how could you let go? Namaste.